Hello, and welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast, conversations about impact. We're mixing it up on the Work Alchemy podcast. I have such great conversations with people about big and deep topics related to impact that I wanted to share some of those here on the podcast. I'll be doing these about once a month for the next few months. You'll be meeting some pretty amazing people. I can't wait for you to join us. Today's guest on this first wisdom chat is Lisa Renee Wilson. Lisa Renee is an extrovertly trained introvert, mother, writer, storyteller, photographer, meditation teacher and practitioner, and creator of Being Breath and hashtag Walk365ish. Through her daily work, she encourages us all to practice greater awareness, embodiment, and creative engagement with mundane life, often guided by the concepts of breath. Before we get started, I'm excited to share an opportunity with you, the $1,000 marketing plan. Would it be a relief to bring in enough clients to make your big vision possible and not feel icky about your marketing? For just $1,000, you'll receive a customized plan for your business that focuses on your impact and clearly maps out your next steps for marketing your most valuable offering. Be in alignment with what you value and the change you want to make in the world. Go to the $1,000marketingplan.com for more information. Click on any button to get started. Don't forget the whole name, the 1000indigitsmarketingplan.com. Click on any button to get your customized marketing plan underway. The link is also in the show notes. Welcome to the podcast, Lisa. I'm so delighted to have you here. Thank you. It is such an honor to be talking to you in this way. <laughs> so as I said in the introduction, I uh, have been having these amazing conversations with amazing people, and you are very much one of those. And uh, when we get into these conversations, we dive in in a way that is almost always unexpected. So I don't really know where this conversation is going to go. <laughs> Um, so we'll just uh, start uh, and take it from there. So in the whole realm of taking up space, this is a really important topic for me because that's it's something that I have had trouble doing. And so I'm really excited to explore this further with you. So tell me, wh what do you mean when you say taking up space? Like, is that and, you know, talk about it as broadly as you want. Okay. It's, it really is a fascinating question because it's one that I did not even consider asking until probably a year ago. Huh. The, the idea of taking up space wasn't something that was ever brought to mind. And yet when that concept came up, I found how relevant it was to everything in life. Hmm. And when I think of the idea of taking up space, it's both very broad and very specific. So taking up space can be something as simple as the physical space that you are taking up in a room. Or when I think of it more broadly and metaphorically and importantly to me, it's the concept of the energy that I am using and interacting with in this world. 
I say energy, you know me, but a lot of people probably don't. <laughs> I I think of this more in a scientific term. So oh, okay. when you say so I, I thought we were getting into woo-woo territory. I can't do it. You know, as much as I love woo-woo, I just <laughs> Okay, well I do. So you go ahead. You go go at it from a scientific perspective and then I'll I'll go woo-woo. Perfect. You. Okay, good. We can have this perfect blend. <laughs> I yes, I love I love woo-woo and I understand it from my, you know, yoga training and Buddhism and all of this. And my mind just keeps going, okay, bring it back, hone it in, you know. <laughs> so when I think of this idea of space, I think of this just concept of all of these energies that we understand and that we don't understand and how every bit of my being from my ideas to my body, to my breath, engage with the space that's around me. And I can shrink that up. I can expand it. The world around me, the people around me can impact that and shrink it down or allow it to expand. And it's a constant interplay. So, you know, my idea of taking up space is always changing. Um, and how I feel about it is always changing. Mm. So how, how does your woo-woo play into it? Or how does your idea... <laughs> <laughs> I think of us as energetic beings who have a physical manifestation and that it's really our energy that's taking up space as at least as much as our bodies do. And, and actually more so because our bodies are confined, they're limited in some way. So um, taking up space is extends to other people. It extends to um you know, because of the internet and all the ways we can communicate with each other, it can extend around the world. And um, so to me, taking up space is largely, it's something I think about largely from an energetic point of view. So um, I, but I really want to explore this with you in terms of the physical versus the energetic. And I really loved something you said, which is, um, deciding how much space you take up. So there's an intention or a conscious element to it of uh, what, can, what can you do to consciously take up more or less space and what are the circumstances for how you do that? Does that make sense? It makes total sense. And I love that you brought up that, that reflected on that idea because to me it's fascinating and it speaks to the intention, like you said, I think you have to have the awareness there first. I always say begin with awareness and, you know, whatever I'm doing, teaching my kids to drive, you know, whatever I'm like, just begin with awareness. Okay. Right. So with this, I think you have to be aware that you have the ability to take up space, that you mm. are taking up space, that simply by being here, you are taking up space. And so once you are aware of that, I think that brings in the choice and the responsibility as to how you are doing that. And I'm really curious to hear from you as to how this relates to doing all these visual things that won't show up on a podcast, but how it relates to putting your energy out there and impacting others. So this idea of taking up space, I think of in 
a boardroom and I'm sitting here, you know, broadening my chest and changing my posture Ah. and how that impacts not only your own self-esteem and confidence or lack thereof, but Mm. how it influences the energy of those around you and how they feel your presence and therefore how they feel their own. And I think it's, you talk about energy with taking up space as well. You know, I think I'm sitting here pointing to my head too. I think mental energy and spiritual energy, whatever you want to call it that we understand and don't understand, takes up space in your own body and outside of your own body. Mm. So I was talking with my daughter before this podcast about this idea. And I said, so what does it, you know, what does it mean to you? And one of the things that she brought up was somebody like, you know, Mr. Bezos and how he had an idea. (laughs) (laughs) These ideas turned into actions that suddenly take up immense space in our world. You mean Jeff Jeff Bezos who founded Amazon? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Clarify. Yes. Jeff Bezos. Yes. Amazon, everythingness. Um, But how a simple idea or a handful of ideas turned into this spaciousness that influences so many different people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, you know, across time too, but I'm getting way off derailed. So you were talking about deciding how to take up space. And I think that's, that's part of it, starting with awareness that you are already taking up space and then thinking about this intention that you want to have of how you want to do so. Mm. So what with you what is how does that resonate with you yeah i mean um this so parallels the way i talk about impact like they you know the the sense of being intentional about the impact you want to have how do you want to show up every day Mm -hmm. is at the core of the impact that you have because it influences how you work with your clients with your team members with you know, as a reflection of your business out in the community. Um, And if your business has a global reach, then, you know, out into the larger world. And so how you show up, how you are present um, has, that's really at the heart of impact uh, because it starts from that. It starts from how do you, how are you choosing to treat people? How are you choosing to interact how are you choosing to use your intellect and your creativity and your intuition and all the many aspects of you in a way that um, not only furthers your business, but also affects others in a positive way. So um, yeah, I think it's, it's taking up space similarly is multidimensional. So you've got, um, I guess when I, when you and I first talked about talking about this topic, I started at it with the point of view of, um, you know, my whole life I've struggled with this thing of taking up space because as a child, because of circumstances and the way I grew up and, and uh, in my family home, I tried to remain as below the radar and invisible as possible because that was the safest thing I could do. Mm -hmm. And so being out in the world, being visible um, and, you know, even doing things like this podcast have been 
a stretching for me. So I, I, I always start with this topic um, of taking up space from a personal point of view of feeling like I have to really push myself to take up more space. And I have a, a coach that I've worked with. She has, she repeatedly said to me, you need to take up more space. And um, it was a reminder to me to step into, not to use ableist language, but to embrace um, the work that I was doing in order to have the impact that I want to have, which is to bring people into a really deep awareness of their impact. And therefore that allows them to have more impact. So for me, it always starts from this very personal space of uh, it's really kind of self-esteem related in a way, like, do I deserve to take up space? And I mean, the, the answer to that is, of course, I deserve to take up space. But from an internal point of view, it's still, even now, after all the work I've done and the, and the uh, push, you know, just moving through a lot of the fear that accompanies taking up space and being visible. Um, it, even now it pops up for me. So, um, you know what, I wonder, comes, how, yeah. I wonder how many yeah. people are vigorously shaking their heads and nodding right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, I'm curious to hear what, how you come at it because I, I haven't heard you talk about it in the way that I do. Cause that, I mean, that's yeah. my personal experience. And I think yeah, talk- it's, I love hearing that story in particular because every single time, like I said, this hadn't been something that I'd really thought about until, you know, a year, a few years ago. And so every time I hear another story, another person's story about taking up space or not taking up space, I think it helps awaken something in me. And when you are talking about that, I think back to my childhood and I think that I learned to take up space in the right way. And the right way was defined by someone else. Ah, so okay. I was allowed to take up space by raising my hand in the classroom as long as I had something intelligent to say. Mm. I was allowed to take up space in the SAT room. I was allowed to take up space in the you know math club and French club and so on. But in social spaces, I wasn't really permitted to take up space. That was hmm. not my my aspect of growing up. I was I was very much a nerd and an outcast, and I'm cool with it now. I love it, but <laughs> <laughs> but you know I didn't go and take up space on the uh, the football bleachers or anything like that. Right. Um, and I didn't, as you know, as time progressed and through college and first jobs, I think that that idea of rightness and how it is okay to take up space. Um, hmm became something that was just unquestioned for a really long time. It Hmm. certainly impacted the person that I turned into these days, you know, that I am now because I can say, you know, as a, a gendered woman or, you know, the stereotype of the more quiet person that we are permitted to take up space only if we have something extremely valuable to say and never in an, overly emotional way and certainly not in a broad stance way. And I think that it just 
my experience of that has been an ongoing struggle ever since the awareness first came up. Mm-hmm. You know, how, what is my definition of taking up space in an okay way? Once I go beyond, you know, as Rumi says, the, the field beyond wrongdoing and right doing, once I'm out in that exploration field, what does it mean to take up space as a woman, as a mother, as a writer, a photographer, as just somebody out in the community when I'm shopping? You know, it's sometimes yeah. weird when you're walking down the aisle with a shopping cart and it can feel imposing to walk up next to somebody with a shopping cart and be, oh, pardon me, excuse me, let me squeeze past you, especially right. post-pandemic times where this concept yeah. of space became very very different than what we were used to. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, as I explore this these days, I do find myself wanting to take up more and more space. And I run into that idea of um, where I guess is, is the boundary of that, where it becomes taking up too much space, where it becomes all about me and not about others. Ah, okay. I was going to ask you, what does too much mean to you? So that's, yeah. it'll be, I would love to explore that. I don't know. What does that bring up for you when I say too much? Does it, does it feel like there's such a thing? Well, I, I think you, what you just said is relevant to that of where's the line between, um, and this relates to how I talk about impact again, where finding the harmony, um, that that word balance is always a bit troubling to me, but let's call it harmony between uh, focus on yourself and wanting to take up space just because you have things to say mm-hmm. versus are you allowing room for others as well? Um, and this is not in a minute to minute thing, but in the, in the larger overall picture, are you allowing for both? Are you allowing for harmony and discourse and all of that? And something else you touched on is the whole social and cultural milieu that we're in where women uh, historically have not been allowed to take up a lot of space. And when we do, that's often fought against. It's, it's, we're reprimanded or we're managed out of it or Mm -hmm. in some other way um, brought to heal, I guess, is what the phrase that comes to my mind. So it's, I think it's a struggle for women in general to take up space because we're not normally, even now, it's not given us as our due necessarily. And it's changing. I mean, I see that and I have experienced that and I've just chosen to ignore that (laughs) Uh, and take up space anyway, but it's a, it's something that's in my awareness of feeling like a kind of a stricture. And I don't know, maybe I'm hypersensitive to it because of my own experiences, but what's your experience around that? I really think yours would relate to a lot of people. That's what I was talking about earlier, where everybody's nodding their head because I hear this repeatedly um, Mm -hmm. from women in general um, about taking up space. And when you were mentioning that, I'm like, yeah, so you brought to heal or burned at the stake. I mean, there's, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. we've, you know, we have been metaphorically or in actuality, right, yeah. right, yeah. early enough. But yeah, where we have been 
taught to be quieter. And that's, that can be easily a whole podcast in itself, you know, with, with women and taking up space and such. Um, I think it does relate to what you had elaborated on before where that line is with that, that too muchness and allowing room for others. And as you were talking about that, I was thinking about the, um, when you set your intention, when you're talking about you know, deciding if you're going to take a space, how you're going to do this. And I think the initial practice first becomes, I'll get into my psychology speak here, you know, more, but becomes more about the ego-based idea of taking up space, that this is me, mine, my family, my house, my body, all of this. And that starts to grow and solidify. And I think that the more that that becomes a solid idea, the less space you give to others. Mm. And I think that that can start to become really harmful. There's the idea in in Buddhism of of no self. And Mm -hmm. this is something that I, you know, yeah, I have a hard time with that one. But I, it, in a certain way, I mean, I get it kind of intellectually, but it's, you know, it's hard to not. But it doesn't, I know it's, yeah. it's, it's like, oh, I'm here, I'm here, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to think a lot about this as I was going through the, the yoga training and studying Buddhism, you know, yoga, it, it has more of a, the recognition of the individual self. And I divert to talk about this just to get back to the idea of taking up space. But my idea of understanding that was then, okay, there isn't necessarily this permanent solid self, like I'm always here existing. Mm -hmm. The way that I understand it is that this concept of me is whatever this particular conglomeration of everything is exactly in this moment. So mm-hmm. my experiences, my ideas, my skin cells that I'm holding on to, quote, you know, stuff like that. That right. is me, but in a split second, it changes. Yeah. So in theory, there's never really a me because there's never an exact now. Mm-hmm. So this becomes fun when you start to when you start thinking about the idea of taking up space, because if this, if I can recognize, it, I'm doing all this visual stuff, but it. There's arm movements (laughs) go along with very big into gestures here. But if (laughs) I can recognize that this self is always changing, then anything that I call me and mine and whatever is also just as fluid. So when I am taking up space, I think of this idea almost of like breathing. So breath is very much my thing. You know that I'm always tying metaphors into breathing and breath and such. Mm -hmm. But if I think of taking up space in this way, when I inhale, my body gets a little bit bigger. Mm -hmm. I want to put this on a really grand scale. You know, I can think of inhaling and becoming this big balloon and taking up a lot of space and I'm pulling it all into me. And then I exhale and my physical self becomes smaller and I release back into the world. I release, Mm. you know, what's needed for, you know, plants, for other people, ideas, breath, stories, words, whatever it may be back into the world. So technically how I am taking up space, this me that's taking up space 
is always changing in any given moment. It's always fluid. And yet there's not really a line that says, this is the boundary of me and this is the boundary of you. We are always interchanging with this. We're kind of Mm -hmm. weaving together with all of it. Yeah. And co-creating reality in our interaction and by what we bring to that interaction. Right. Very much so. And I think with your idea of impact that always fascinates me with this idea of co-creating, I think when we set our intention, when we bring awareness to the breath, the me, the whatever that we are exhaling out into the world and allowing into ourselves, that that awareness creates different actions that create Mm -hmm. impact. Right. Right. So yeah, I'll, say one more thing and then I'm going to shut up because I'm talking a lot, but (laughs) (laughs) keep going. It's it's funny. When you, I I think about a lot um, people who breathe shallowly and Mm -hmm. how women tend to do this a lot because we restrict our bodies and our postures in different ways. Mm -hmm. And take up less space. Take up less space. Exactly. Exactly. And in so doing, we end up harming ourselves because we don't get the full breath that our body needs to be well. And from that state of lack of well-being, we certainly cannot have the full impact on the world that we could otherwise have if we were fully breathing and healthy and well. So that, yeah, that's a whole gender thing, again, that we can run with. But Yeah, and it's something I experience, too. I mean, if I'm anxious or... um frightened about something, my breath gets very shallow and I'm, I'm taking up less space. I'm trying to be, trying to pull back or shrink in some way. We'll get back to the interview in just a moment. First, I want to share an offer with you, the $1,000 marketing plan. If your body tightens up just thinking about marketing, or if you're not sure what to do next to bring in a steady stream of business, then consider the $1,000 marketing plan. This plan, customized for your business, will center your marketing around the most important thing for your business, your impact. For an investment of $1,000, you'll have a plan that clearly maps out what to do for the next six to 12 months to market your best offering and bring in the income you want. Be in alignment with what you value and the change you wanna make in the world. Go to the1000marketingplan.com And don't forget the whole name, the 1000inditsmarketingplan.com. For more information, click on any button to get started. The link is also in the show notes. There's kind of another side to this that we haven't really touched on in terms of uh, taking up space and boundaries. and I'm not sure where we need to go with this, but uh, let's let's just explore it for a little bit around what are what are the boundaries that you need in order to take up space, and then I can speak to that too. And and then you know how can we how do we maintain those boundaries in the face of you know objections and and being pushed against and. Ooh. That's sort of a, obviously a very big question, but let's start with what do you need 
what boundaries do you need in order to take up the space you want to take up? It is. And I can, when you talk about that, I feel that in my body. I'm like, wow, <laughs> just boundaries on so many different levels and different types of boundaries, how they can be permeable boundaries, you know, allowed to be crossed by some or in some circumstances mm. or, you know, very solid boundaries that at some, you know, at some point, no, you will never encroach on whatever this is, you know, physical yeah. boundary, mental boundary, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's so good. I mean, it gives a dimensionality to boundaries. We often talk about boundaries in this sort of the absolute, you know, Maginot line kind of do not cross this line sort of thing. But it's, uh, yeah, I'm really intrigued by what you said about, uh, it's true that some boundaries are clear for some people, but not necessarily people close to you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Keep going. That, that I'm just, I'm so curious. I think my energy is already being pulled to you because I want to hear your, your concept of boundaries and then run with that because right now I'm just, I'm feeling this, you know, you talk about taking up space. I'm like, I'm being drawn into yours. I want to hear this concept. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think for a long time, um, I found boundary setting difficult um, because it wasn't something that was permitted um, when I was growing up. So I I didn't establish boundaries. Someone else did similar to what you were talking about. Mm -hmm. And so um, subsequently then setting boundaries was a real challenge. I mean, I'm much, much better at it now, but um, it's, there's a fluidity to it that I think is a reflection of um, trust. Like, do I trust this person? And therefore, do they have a little more latitude? Um, Is there an aspect of, um, well, putting this in the form of a question, let me put it as a statement that, yes, if I trust someone, then they have more latitude in terms of my boundaries I, I highly value relatedness and connection. And so I have been known to be more fluid than is maybe good for me in, in setting boundaries, in my boundaries because of how much I value that and how much I want that. And sometimes you don't know until you bring someone closer, until you allow them closer, whether or not you really want them there. And then you have to adjust your boundaries. So um, yeah, I think there's a, there's a fluidity to it that, um, I, I know many people talk about boundaries as this absolute, and I guess I, I don't always experience it that way. So how do you experience it? Yeah, that's why I wanted you to talk. I needed to hear your wisdom so that I can follow that. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. That, that concept of, of fluidity being so important. It really made me think of the practices of mindfulness and yet once again, how important they are. Because I think that like you, when I first heard the concept of boundaries or when it first become, you know, became more popular, I really rejected it because it felt like Mm. something too rigid. It felt like setting up walls. And like you, I more... I am very into relating to people, you know, in connecting. And I want to do so in ways that can often be vulnerable. And in order to do that, those walls 
obviously don't serve the purpose. But like you do, and I'm sure many people listening to this, there is that difficulty that we have with setting up boundaries. I'm very much a yes person. So somebody asks me something and I'm like, I don't know. Yes, I'll find a way to do it. Sure. And then regret <laughs> it later. But, you know, but this, this idea of, of setting up boundaries around time and self and desires and my own intentions and everything is very difficult. So this idea of a wall or nothing was not working. So finding this concept of how I relate in the moment to what my boundaries are has been such an essential practice. You mentioned, you know, trust. And I think that that's something that for me has been extremely difficult to, um, to build up with people. Hmm. Um, not that I don't, I don't want to get off too much into, you know, personal history or anything, but not that I don't necessarily trust everybody because I believe that everyone is, is basically good at their core but I know that a lot of people are coming in with those walls up and with different uh, solid boundaries that they like to push into other people's lives intentionally or unintentionally. It's not necessarily with harm. Yeah. And we've seen it on the political stage in oh. recent years. It's just one big example. Right. What and, you're talking about. Yes. And we have seen how that has influenced other people too, both in feeling that, in our own lives, because somebody that, you know, I've never met in person has this, this sense of pushing on me and my heart and my breath and how it seems to empower other people and impact other people to set their boundaries in certain ways. And I think that that really speaks to this idea of how one person with one idea or five ideas or whatever can really, really impact other people in the way that they set up, they take up their space and they set these these boundaries. So this fluidity, this, you know, permanent or impermanence, all these random ideas that we've talked about, I think I'm feeling right now around my body when we're talking about boundaries, mm. that it's all in the moment. And it's all very responsive to this ever changing world and day and moment. And there is this constant sense of holding this boundary of me and my ego and myself so that I don't completely freak out and go into some, you know, ether or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How do you keep your sense of self mm -hmm. in that? Right. Yeah. Yes. And therefore create in the world in a way that has impact because you know who you are and what you want your world to look like versus recognizing that you're not alone in doing this and that everybody else is trying to create their own world too. And how do we, you know, weave together all of these different boundaries that we're playing with all the time? Yeah. I'd love to bring um, some uh, kind of practical elements to this too. I mean, we've touched on a few things and you've mentioned a number of things and I'd love to and the last little part of this conversation really talking about, so how can you prepare yourself to take up space? How can you 
be present to yourself and to others at this, you know, at the same time, uh, in order to be in that co-creative kind of space. Um, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? I know you, your work really so much speaks to this. So I really want to hear from you on, on uh, ways that you think that would be helpful to people to bring into their awareness and experience to take up the space they want to take up and therefore have impact. That's, oh, I love those questions. That's why I love having conversations with you. It's, <laughs> it's the right question. I, when you first thought about that, I honestly thought about my meditation practice yeah. and to a lot of people I know because I have a husband and two teens who roll their eyes every single time I mission meditation. <laughs> to a lot of people, meditation is still a little bit of a woo-woo idea. Yeah. Um, but like I said, you know, I grew up in a very logic science-based household. So my practice when I am doing it has to have some sort of sense of real world application for me. And what I noticed is that what I notice as I'm practicing is that the more space that my thoughts are taking up in my mind, the more space that unwanted and habitual thoughts and, oh my gosh, the same old thoughts about dinner and, oh, did I say the wrong thing? And, oh my goodness, I need to go take care of this. And is my hair in place? Blah, blah, blah. All those, the more those thoughts are taking up space, the less space that I have to breathe. And that sounds really funny, but it's the truth. The more constricted my breath is, and that changes everything in the world. Because if I'm breathing easy, I interact with my kids easier. I drive easier. <laughs> I, am, I am more present with other people. And when I'm present, I am more impactful in the way that I want to be. I'm mm -hmm. not acting based off that high school, college self who was trying to be right all of the time. Mm -hmm. So I would say in a very practical sense, a meditation practice for me has been crucial. And in another practical sense, I'm always all about the body. Posture for me has also been something that I've played with forever. And I straighten myself up as I'm saying this, because I just realized there was such. <laughs> uh, I know I'm, I'm straightening up too. Yeah. <laughs> you reminded me. <laughs> it's always a practice. Everything's a practice. Yeah. But, um, you know, after reading years and years about how your, your body speaks as much, if not more than your words, when I think about my impact with somebody else, I can be saying the nicest, kindest things. But if my shoulders are hunched over and my arms are together and my brows are furrowed, it's not believable. Yeah, I can go out into the world and say, I want to take up space and I want to be open and vulnerable with you and have a good conversation with you. Mm. But if I have my phone in my hand and I'm constantly glancing down or I'm you know, leaning back and disinterested, I am not going to have the impact and connection with that person that I want to be having. So it, to me, again, it all just so much comes back to awareness practices and awareness always has to begin in my own mind and my own body. Mm. And from there, it's awareness of how I'm exhaling, how I'm interacting with the world. 
how do you find this practice in your life? And what are the tools that you use? I'm really curious from this, from your personal practice in the business sense too. Yeah. Um, well, I think it makes me think of what I do before an important call, like a call with a client, for example, or if I'm about to go on stage, I'm speaking, um, how do I prepare to show up in those ways um, where I'm, uh, I've committed to taking up space? Um, and, I, I, and I'll talk about that in a second, but it also makes me think of I, I actually, as you've said several times, I take up space whether I'm aware of it or not. So extending these kinds of things into uh, the day-to-day -day is where I think it really uh, begins to have a cumulative effect and a positive impact. Um, but I do things like um, breathing exercises. I do like a square I think it's called square breathing, where you inhale to the count of four, you hold for a count of four, you exhale to a count of four, you hold at the bottom of the exhale for a count of four. And I, I often do that at the beginning of, um, uh, like if I'm doing a VIP day with someone or uh, even at the beginning of a coaching call if, the, if there's a lot going on for my client. But um, that kind of thing, it's so simple and takes not much time and is actually something you can do without anybody even being aware of it necessarily around you if that becomes necessary. That kind of thing I find very grounding and helps me be present to myself and therefore I'm taking up my, my space in the way that I'm about to move into. So, and I've, I've tried the, Amy Cuddy wrote a wonderful book, the title of which I've now forgotten, uh, just off the top of my head. I don't know if you know it, but she wrote a book uh, about, I think it's called Presence, actually. I think, um, yes. I don't remember the subtitle, but I believe the title is just Presence. So. Yeah. And in it, she talks about taking the Superman pose where you stand with your hands and your hips and your feet apart and you, you know, kind of take up some space in doing that and that it actually they've done studies and and looked at how that actually influences how you feel about yourself i've done that kind of thing as well and i find that also very helpful um but and for me i'm a writer as you are you're a wonderful writer and uh so words are really important to me so i use affirming statements that i can believe i can't i can't do the yes you have a, a an island in Fiji kind of uh, you know affirmation statement, but I can um, I can affirm that um, I have impact, that I have something to contribute, and um, those kinds of statements I can come into a situation with, and that helps me take up space as well. And the whole uh, approach to impact and a focus on impact, even in the day to day, if I'm planning my day, and I remember my impact purpose, I actually have it written down, it's at the top of my planning pages, where I'm reminded of why am I doing this? And that larger context helps me um, really embrace uh, taking up space 
as well because it's in service of something bigger than me. I'm a I'm an important part of that. There is no Ursula impact without Ursula, but there's also no impact um, that I have that doesn't involve other people. So, so those are some of the practical things that I've done that I've found really helpful. Do you want to share the impact purpose that you have daily or? Yeah. I mean, my impact purpose statement and it, and anyone who's done work with me around that is knows that it's an evolving kind of statement. And my current version is um, I support visionary women leaders to have impact. Mm -hmm. And it's, kind of grown and expanded and shrunk. And that sort of general statement um, is where my focus is now. So I love that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing it. It's something I needed to hear. And I think that each time I hear when somebody I admire shares what they are trying to do in the world, I am not only inspired, but informed i guess it helps me to understand and clarify a little bit more about well that's that's an interesting way of taking up space and that's an interesting way of co-creating and oh i like that you know visionary women so i i think that that's helpful to just hear words like that to give i'm going back to our concepts but to give boundaries to these boundaryless ideas you know that hones it in and yeah it it's very focusing for me and it's uh, I know it works that way for my clients as well to be able to hone it in on a specific approach. I mean, of course there's other ways in which people have impact, but um, it's valuable to really focus in on what's most important to you because that helps you make great choices and um, bring things into the world that's in alignment with that. So I want to throw one more thing in here because I think when I was looking at you talk, the importance of these mundane practices and how not necessarily easy, but how simple it is to do these things. You were mentioning the, you know, the box breathing and the words you're choosing and the, you know, the Superman Wonder Woman stance. (laughs) It's something that's just. Yes. Thank you. Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) You know, we (laughs) Those poor men, we don't want to leave them out, you know. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and I, it got me thinking about my, you know, the thing that's probably had the most impact in my life that I don't even think about these days anymore is my, my walking practice. Mm. And I am, I'm four days away now from 2000 days of walking every day for at least. That is amazing. It's just, I know, mind blowing. But it was something, you know, as you know, unintentionally started. But after five plus years of doing it, it has more of an impact on my life than than I can even imagine. And has been with sharing the story impacted others. But it was it's as simple as putting one foot in front of the next. And with Mm. your, you know, the box breathing and the words, your affirmations and the, you know, working with visionary women on their impact that 
it's these, these little things that we do each moment, I think that really have so much more of an influence on the space that we are already taking up than we realize. And it's that awareness and the intention and just taking the little itty bitty steps that makes all the difference. Mm. And I love that we have these practices. Yeah. Well, I love that you spoke about these, uh, you call them mundane things, but they have so much come into uh, an evolution around you and the work you're doing in the world. These something that you started as a personal journey that's become part of um, the way that you relate to your clients and the way that you're bringing other people into these kinds of practices is so valuable in uh, how they're choosing to show up every day, how they're choosing to take up space. And, and you're, mm. you know, uh, you keep calling it little, but um, it really has such a big impact, but these little ways in which you chose to begin have grown into something that you wouldn't have anticipated five years ago when you started that practice and, mm. and some others that I know you've done. So good way to um, put it. Yeah. Yeah. It's great to, great to see that evolving in you as well. So, thank you. yeah. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for this conversation. I've loved this exploration of taking up space and all the things that go along with it from the, the spiritual and the woo woo to the very practical and, uh, <laughs> Um, everything in between. So um, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for this conversation. It's completely enriched my day. Thank you. Mm. So if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? Generally, the best way to find me is on Facebook or through my website. So on Facebook, you can Follow me at my personal profile page. It's just Lisa Renee Wilson with R-E-N-E-E, since it can be spelled different ways, but Lisa Wilson's really easy. Um, or on Facebook at Being Breath. Um, my website is also beingbreath.com. And I have two teens who are taking up a lot of space in my life right now. So I'm slowly getting back to updating all that. So if <laughs> join me in that space and I will be more present as the months pass on. Mm, that's great. Well, thank you for that. And we'll make sure all of that goes in the show notes as well. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you for the work you're doing in the world, Lisa. Same to you, Ursula. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Join me for more episodes. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app and help us spread the word. Rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. To discover more about your impact, schedule a business impact assessment one-on-one -on -one with me, 60 minutes of focus on your and your company's impact and how you can increase it. Go to workalchemy.com BIA to schedule your business impact assessment. This podcast is produced on the traditional lands of the Cherokee, Tuscarora, Catawba, and Waccamaw Sioux and people. 